Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast is supported by patrons on Patreon. To find out more or to add your support for as little as a dollar a month, visit patreon.com slash manowaker. Welcome to Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast. I'm C.B. Drogi. This week, As Above, by Grant Canterbury. Tyke said, Last time I was on this trail was forty years ago today. We had met by happenstance, as it seemed, and were hiking upslope together under the Ponderosa Pines. I said, You know it to the day, August 11th? Must have been memorable. Well, I came up from Boulder and hiked up the peak with a girl I knew. We had a nice interlude watching the sunset. Pretty place for it. Was. Unfortunately, we argued on the way back down. She asked me my sign, started talking astrology. That got my back up, so I turned the question round on her. If there was anything to it, she should have been able to guess my sign from knowing me, right? No luck? Ah, uh, she couldn't get it in ten goes, so I considered that pretty conclusive. However, I crowed a bit too much. By the time we got back to the parking lot, Amity said she'd never wanted to see me again. She got in her car and took off, spraying gravel. He frowned. She never did, in fact. Well, no turning back the clock, but I hope it's the good memories that come back up there. Then I said it was nice to meet him. Actually, neither of us had given our true name and let him go on past. It was just us on the trail, apparently. If Tyge had any security at all, it was way back. Peculiar for a billionaire. I called Central. Ruby, see if you can find anything about a woman named Amity that Tyge knew in the old days. In Xanadu did Kubla Khan a stately pleasure dome decree. Peter Tyge had made his first fortune in the original dot-coms, Amplified at hopping cryptocurrencies, got out before the crash and tripled it again in PV and Nano. But it was his domes that got the agency's attention, and the world's. Over the last five years he had erected in various locations gigantic hemispheres of nano-engineered polymer over carbon fiber lattice, featureless and doorless, milky translucent, ranging in diameter from 70 meters to over a thousand. The Tyge Foundation had bought off and relocated communities, infused cash into national elections, developed a suspiciously opaque arrangement with the Chinese government. In India and Paraguay and Uganda, fields and forests were cleared. Foundations were poured and the hill-sized structures erected. And then there were the marine operations. A vast dome emerged from the South China Sea, Immense pale shells rested submerged on the seabed in the central Pacific and off the coast of Chile, all executed with rigorous security and without any hint of the project's purpose. Biosphere 3, Armageddon bolt holes, modern art, ultra-weapon. The foundation was utterly close-lipped. The agency had become concerned and assigned our team to investigate. Taigi profiled as personable, bright, apolitical, pragmatic, but prone to obsession. He guarded his privacy, romantic involvements with a string of minor celebrities mostly kept out of the tabloids, but never married, an enigma. Within the last week, two drone fleets based on Tyge-owned ships in the remote Pacific 
had been systematically sowing hydrophobic smart powders over hundreds of square miles of ocean. Vanta black and retroreflective prismatics, they formed two smeared circles, one bright and one dark, vaguely visible from space. A few Japanese fishermen and geoengineering watchdogs had posted complaints which were being professionally neutralized by botnet swarms and strategic charitable donations and had gained no traction. And Taigi had cleared his business calendar and disappeared into the Colorado Rockies. Above, Taigi wandered over the granite knob, a mere red-jacketed fleck. The sun was lowering over the Rocky Mountains silhouetting the far ranges, peaks rising above peak on the western horizon. My phone pinged and began to stream notices. Worldwide, every visible dome had suddenly bloomed with inner light, images from the far side of the world, a half-illuminated white hemisphere amid rain falling on the South China Sea, the dome in Africa shining ruddy mottled light reflected from Lake Victoria's nighttime waters, and the largest, over a kilometer across, rose up and up against the overcast sky of India, showing turbulent swirling bands, cream against brown, a vast reddish oval upon its flank. A long moment before I recognized them. Venus, Mars, Jupiter. The domes shone for an hour and then went dark. A while later, Ruby called me back. He knew an Amity Betancourt in college, but she's deceased. Head-on car crash in Colorado, evening of August 11th, 1988. Eventually, it was shown that the global placement pattern of the domes precisely specified a particular moment in history. Each planet, at 0115 GMT, just 40 years before, had poised exactly at the zenith, as seen from a specific place on Earth. The angular size of each corresponded to the dimensions of the domes, and of course, the sun and the new moon over the Pacific. Thus, the celestial sphere mapped upon the terrestrial one. At that moment, the local time in Colorado had been 7.15 p.m., not yet the moment of the accident, but just before sunset nearly time for watchers on the peak to rouse and consider going back down. Tige came back to the parking lot by moonlight. I asked him, Did you find what you're looking for? He smiled ruefully. Not this time. Three months later, we learned Tige was dispatching couriers across every sea and continent. I followed one to the fringes of the Gobi Desert, and by telescope watched her anchor a baseball-sized sphere upon a barren hillside. For one hour the next August, it blazed as blue-white as Algol. For four years now, Tige has returned to Colorado each August, but his work remains incomplete. They have not yet emplaced the stars below the third magnitude. This has been As Above. Written by Grant Canterbury, and previously published in Flash Fiction Magazine. For more information about Manowaker Studios' other projects, including books and games, visit Manowaker.com, which is also where you should go to learn more about the authors featured on this podcast or to get details about submitting a story. The Flash Fiction Podcast theme song 
is by Kevin McLeod. Manowaker Studios' director of Dice is Ben Baston. I'm CB Drogi. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook at CBDROEGE. Thanks for listening. On the next installment of Manowaker Studios' Flash Fiction Podcast, the unexpected biobloom made the tumultuous river difficult to cross, but they needed to find shelter in the caves before the skyfire reached the dry grass at the edge of town. <laughs>